0: Hello everyone, I'm Dalton Bradette of the Movie Nights, and if you're listening to this, it's because you want to hear my uncensored and unfiltered thoughts and opinions about the world of movies. So kick back, grab a snack, and thank you for being part of the conversation. Uh, Again, still no video, however, I do start moving this weekend, so hopefully only just a couple more of these, and then we'll be back to doing some videos, having some special guests on, it'll be a lot of fun. But thank you for indulging me through this transitional time, both physically and mentally, with the short film I've been editing. um, You know, it's going to be a a really, a lot of news stories. I just don't know how fast I'll get through them. I'll try to make it a quick and easy show today. But uh, I'm going to take off this first story I'm getting from The Hollywood Reporter. And uh, at DC Fandom, it was announced that um, Warner Brothers is going to be producing a Static Shock movie, and I believe it to be a live-action Static Shock movie. I was I'm a big fan of the character. I loved, loved, loved the cartoon as a kid. Such a great show. Such a cool character. And it is now being confirmed that Michael B. Jordan is set to produce the movie. I know when I started that sentence, a lot of you were like, oh, is he going to somehow play Static Shock? Isn't he not really that young? But it's like, no, he's going to be producing the movie. So that just shows from a behind-the-scenes point of view that Michael B. Jordan is very passionate about making sure that this story does come to light for Warner Brothers. Um, This is really exciting news. Michael B. Jordan is an incredibly talented guy, incredibly smart guy, and you can tell just from the way he speaks in interviews that he's always had a style for doing things behind the camera anyway. So it is nice to see, you know, a major A-lister, you know, kind of put their foot in the sand on this project to help ensure that it gets made, because I know some people were unsure of the progress of this film in terms of if it was going to actually happen, or if it was just going to kind of die in in the ground. And, you know, with Michael B. Jordan coming on to produce, this is nothing but good news for this project. And I hope that, you know, as the weeks and months come along, we find out more and more and that eventually this movie does end up happening. Because, like I said, I'm a big fan of the character, and this is nothing but good news that Michael B. Jordan has decided to step up behind the scenes and help produce the film. This next story... I'm getting it from bloodydisgusting.com, but I think it was just posted from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre official website, but apparently there's going to be a new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie next year, and they're going to do that thing that a bunch of sequels have been doing recently, where it's only a direct sequel to the very first movie. Halloween did it a few years ago, Um, there are a couple movies who've also done the same thing, and it's like, um, okay? Like, I guess I'm excited. There hasn't really been any news about who's writing, directing, or doing anything like that in regards to the movie, but according to the website, there's going to be a new one, and it's going to be rather interesting, at least hopefully, because uh, I'm only a fan of the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. I don't like any of the sequels. Two is especially just, like, whack. Um, I don't like any of the remakes. I haven't seen all of them, but the ones I've seen, I didn't enjoy at all, and the most recent one was just abysmally bad. So... Maybe they can turn around with this one, but honestly, I, I'm not sure about that. Well, once we start finding out, you know, who's going to be behind the camera, who's going to be in front of the camera, well once those details start to slowly reveal themselves, then maybe I'll get more excited. But as of right now, I'm just sort of just more confused than anything that this movie is actually happening. It's definitely not one that I expected to happen, and it's, you know, I'm still just kind of baffled even looking at the headline, so... Um, get ready for more Texas Chancel Massacre for more Leatherface, but uh we'll have to just wait and see if it's gonna be any good. Um, uh, moving on to the next story. I'm pulling this from the Hollywood reporter, but this is kind of um been, you know, in all the major trades. Um uh, Matt Reeve is the Batman. Um, you know, it, everyone knows it's recently, you know, gone back into production over in Liverpool in the UK. But um, we did know that a lot of their outdoor sets were going to have to be moved indoors because of COVID, especially with people with like the man himself testing positive for COVID during shooting. Um, But it has now come to light that one of the things that they're going to be doing is using the virtual production techniques that the Mandalorian over at Disney was using to help with the continued filming of the Batman. They're going to be using that same like stagecraft technology technology. Like, that insane shit. Like, if any of you have not watched the behind-the-scenes documentary on The Mandalorian on Disney+, Plus, it's unbelievable when you just see the technology and how it was used. Like, it literally just eliminates the purpose of green screen, and it's unbelievably fascinating how it works. But apparently they're going to be using that same exact technology on the Batman set, which I think is very exciting. Um, I think it's going to be really cool, and especially just from an acting standpoint, like, with the people on set, I'm sure they're happy to hear this because we've heard even Ewan McGregor recently talk about one of the reasons he's excited to be a part of the obi-wan series is because they're going to be using this new technology and how as an actor he thinks it's just going to be a lot easier to get you know to dive into the world and get more involved so again really looking forward to the movie obviously and i'm even more so intrigued by the fact that they're going to be using this technology and you know matt reeves is no stranger to you know special effects especially like on set and like you know experimental things like with the planet of the Apes movies they used motion capture technology on location in the woods and in the jungle and not just in a studio which i want to say it might have been the first time that happened or it was at least it was very early and um i think way to digital is also doing the effects for the batman like they did for the planet of the apes movies so you know seeing their version of this kind of technology is going to be interesting because i believe on the mandalorian it was ilm that was doing it so uh, we'll see how it goes but i'm sure it's going to look fantastic um just More great news keeps coming out about that movie, and I'm excited. Uh, Moving on to more unfortunate somber news now. Um, Jeff Bridges, amazing, legendary Academy Award-winning actor, has recently tweeted out that he has been diagnosed with cancer. Um, I wanted to bring this up because Jeff Bridges is one of my favorite actors. His performance in The Big Lebowski is one of the greatest acting performances of all time, one of the most iconic character characters performances ever but you know he's been in a plethora of movies across decades of a career in which he's done nothing but solid work and you know he even tweeted it out like kind of quoting Big Lebowski you know like new shit has come to light and kind of you know trying to you know make light of the situation um but yeah you know uh I just want you know give your love and support to Jeff Bridges whether it's you know just in your heart in your head or even on Twitter or something. Just, you know, keep him in your thoughts and prayers, because um, 2020's been bad enough, and I don't want it to take Jeff Bridges, and it just makes me sad, because he's he's such a great actor, and he he, he, he you know, his career's not almost over. Like, he has at least 10 to 12 more years in him, I think, and uh, it would be a shame if that was cut short because of this, so, yeah, I'm really, really sad to hear about Jeff Bridges and his recent diagnosis, but I, I don't think it's gonna stop him from doing any great work anytime soon, you know, hopefully he can fight this and recover and end up being okay because, uh, he is one of the all-time greats and I think he continue, he will continue to be, you know, now and forever. Um, now we're going to move on to news that just makes Dalton happy. Uh, apparently, I'm pulling this from the Hollywood Reporter, apparently, oh, let's do some backstory on it. Uh, in 2017, I believe, the Power Rangers did a little reboot movie and they kind of, bit off more than they could chew, because they announced, like, seven movies, and then the first one didn't do that well, so they ended up canceling it. Well, now they're biting off more than they can chew again. However, they're making their own cinematic universe across film and TV, and they've hired their quote-unquote Kevin Feige to run the universe, and it is from the creator of I'm Not Okay With This, which apparently was very well-received and amazing. So clearly the person who's doing that is exceptionally talented and... Honestly, this just makes my day. I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll do one, it'll do bad, and then they'll cancel it all again. But the fact that they're at least trying this and, like, hiring someone to oversee the entire universe across several mediums just makes me so happy. And from the few details about the movie, apparently it's going to be set in the 90s, and there might even be, like, some fucking time travel shit involved. Dude, sign me the fuck up. Are you serious? Not only is it fucking Morphin time bringing the Power Rangers back... But we're going to be getting it across several mediums and different timelines. Fuck yes. This is nothing but exciting news for me. God, I remember seeing the 2017 version. Me and my buddy Alex Mead went, and it was one of the few times in the theater where I actually like got shitty with someone in the theater because they wouldn't stop talking because I was so excited for that movie, and I actually got really short with someone who's sitting in front of me. I was like, listen, can you please just shut the fuck up because you don't know how long I've been waiting for this movie to come out, and, uh, it's, uh, it's gonna be interesting, uh, hopefully whenever I do see the next Power Rangers movie, no one's shitty, and I don't have to do anything about it, but, yeah, no, I, mark this for news I didn't expect, but I'm really fucking happy to hear, um, that's just gonna be all kinds of great fun, and, uh, hopefully they have one clear vision, you know, with hiring someone to oversee everything, because, the main problem with, and I, I didn't hate the 2017 movie, but th- I think the biggest problem with it was, it was just one of those movies where in the final product you could tell, like, the areas in which the movie was rewritten. Like, it would start in one tone, then drastically change here, then change here, and then Elizabeth Banks is in a totally different movie. And it's like, what, what's going on here? Like, what happened? Like, clearly this uh, went through a bunch of changes that didn't end up being coherent. So, hopefully they can fix that problem with the reboot, but uh, I- I'm excited. I am so excited. Always bring on more Power Rangers. Always. There will never be enough Power Rangers. So yes, the answer is yes. Uh, moving on to the next story. I'm pulling this from Variety. Um, apparently now see this, this one, this one's rather interesting because it's not something I was really expecting. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal is going to start a new HBO limited series called The Sun. That's cool on its own, but it gets more interesting. The series is going to be directed by Denis Villeneuve, you know, one of the best fucking directors working today. So it's like, oh, that's also great news. And then guess who's going to fucking produce and possibly write this fucking thing? Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy of Westworld fame, and Jonathan Nolan, brother of Christopher Nolan. Um... I've never wanted to watch a show faster. Like, why, did the, why is this just announced? Like, why isn't it done and on my TV right fucking now? Like, this is awesome news. You have an A-list star and wonderful actor like Jake Gyllenhaal. You have, like I said, one of the best directors working today in Denis Villeneuve. I can't wait to see Dune. Blade Runner 2049 was fucking amazing. And Prisoners might be my favorite movie he's done. Um, and then you get Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy, who just fucking killed it with the third season of Westworld really stepped it up from the kind of lackluster season two. But I'd even contend that the first season of Westworld is one of the greatest seasons of TV just ever. Like, it was amazing how they adapted that from the original film and just made it completely their own and just killed it with that story. So the fact that all of these great creative minds are coming together to do this shows not only passion for the project and the source material, because I believe it's based off a book, but it it almost guarantees nothing short of excellence. And I cannot wait to see this and to hear more details about this so yeah bring that fucking show on man i am excited i expect it to sweep up all of the emmy awards whenever it does come out um this next story comes from the hollywood reporter and this one kind of came out of nowhere but it's interesting to say the least one of my favorite comedies is 1977 smoking the bandit and there is a reboot television series in the works uh from david gordon green Seth MacFarlane and Danny McBride. David David Gordon Green and Danny McBride also rebooting Halloween. Uh, Now they're going to be rebooting Smoking the Bandit along with Seth MacFarlane. And from what we understand right now, it's going to be a complete, like, retelling. Like, it's not going to be, like, a sequel or have any of the original cast members, you know, the few that are still alive. But it's just gonna be its own thing and they're gonna just revitalize and redo Smokey and the Bandit and fucking all right like I'm in you know um I'd be interested to see the sort of modern tell that they put on this story because you know the only like I wouldn't call it flaw but the only thing that that hinders the original Smokey and the Bandit is well, one of the only things is the fact that it was back when bootlegging was illegal which is not No longer illegal, so it kind of puts a stamp on its place in time. So I wonder how they're going to make you know an updated version of it timeless. Like, what's going to be the story there? You know, you got to have Bandit and Snowman involved somehow. So we'll see how that goes and how they end up doing that. But uh, it'll be rather interesting, and uh, I'm very curious to see the direction this takes. Because you know, they just did a great horror movie in the 2018 Halloween, and their backgrounds are in comedy, so you know that they're good at comedy, and especially with Seth MacFarlane involved. So I expect it to be funny, I expect it to be good, I'm just curious to kind of see more details as it comes out now, like, who's gonna play Bandit, you know, who's gonna replace the great Burt Reynolds, so, we'll see, but, uh, yeah, looking forward to that, hopefully it's good, and, you know, everyone knows my position on remakes and reboots, if it's not good, uh, the original one doesn't disappear, so I'm not gonna bitch, I'm just gonna go watch the old one, so, yeah, there we go, (laughs) there we go. Uh, and these these final two stories are like the quote-unquote big ones, the ones that I was really interested in talking about and wanted to bring up. Um, firstly, I'm pulling this from Variety, but I think it was just announced by Universal. Um, next year, Fast and Furious 9 is going to open in theaters, but then following that, they're going to split another Fast and Furious movie into two, with Fast and Furious 10, Fast and Furious 11, And Universal has come out and said that the 11th film will be the end of the main franchise. And Justin Lin will return to direct both of those installments. He directed 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 9, 10, 11. So, there we go. Uh, Justin Lin, you know, directing an overwhelming majority of the Fast and Furious franchise. And um, something that the article does point out, though, which I think is interesting, is that just because the main series is ending doesn't necessarily mean the cinematic universe is ending, which basically is them saying, you know, they're going to be making sequels to Hobbs and Shaw and spin off other characters and kind of just make other movies in that world, but the main... Basically, I think of what they mean is, like, Vin Diesel's going to be done, so that's probably what they mean. Um, But yeah, you know, um, a really interesting take on this was what uh James Gunn tweeted, because James Gunn tweeted the article and just said, Universal decides to stop printing money just because... Which is hilarious, because, yeah, like, it's just a guaranteed moneymaker, and, you know, that's why I think that they're not going to be ending the, you know, universe, like Variety points out, just the main series of movies, and maybe after they're done making the main series of movies, more people will go out and see the spinoffs, because, I mean, while Hobbs and Shaw was very successful, it didn't do the main franchise money, and I think that by ending the main franchise, you can probably escort those fans from the main franchise over to the spinoffs and increase those numbers, so... Maybe that's what they're hoping they can do. Uh, we're just going to have to see as, you know, time goes on. But, uh, yeah. Odd choice. Odd choice to just end it. But, I mean, 11 is a, lo- a lot of fucking movies. And, you know, if you think about it, it's been over like 20 over the course of 20 years of Fast and Furious movies. And it's just, it's crazy. Um, oh. Oh, my God. After Fast and Furious 11, I bet they're going to do, like, a 4K release where it's, like, get all the Fast and Furious... I might fucking do that. <laughs> and I don't even really love the franchise. Like, 5, 6, and 7 was a solid trilogy. I was disappointed by 8. I liked Hobbs and Shaw. It was fun for what it was. The first two, I don't really like. Um, the first one, especially because it's just like a rip-off of Point Break. They even drink the same beer, let alone the same plot. Two just was a mess. Three was fun. I, I'm one of those guys where Tokyo Drift is one of my guilty pleasure movies. I actually thought that movie was really fun. And I didn't really like the fourth one. Uh, the fifth one was kind of like, a, let's try the fourth one again. <laughs> and it was much better. But yeah, so I kind of have a love-hate relationship with it. But it'd be cool to own that 4K pack. I won't lie. I would I would definitely get that 4K pack. But uh, regardless, moving on to the final story. And you know, the headline story. I'm probably going to make this the title of the episode. And uh, I'm glad I didn't record the podcast on Wednesday like I normally do. Because I would have fucking missed this because it dropped on Thursday. But this is the most interesting news um, of the week for sure, and that is Jared Leto's Joker is going to be returning in Zack Snyder's Justice League, which is really surprising because as we know, um, they're doing the reshoots of Zack Snyder's Justice League right now, and they're only scheduled to be doing it for about a week or so. And apparently, you know, sources to The Hollywood Reporter and, you know, all the other major trades are confirming that... The people there right now are Ben Affleck, Ray Fisher, Amber Heard, and Jared Leto as the Joker. And um, it's unclear whether he was going to be part of the original shoot or not, or at least part of the original script idea, because like Zack Snyder has teased it before, but it's never been officially like said or confirmed, at least to my knowledge. And there's, all, there's also two stories combined in one in here. But let's start off by saying, good for you, Jared Leto, because you kind of got screwed. Like, they cut out... Like, a majority of your scenes from Suicide Squad, re-edited Suicide Squad, made it a kind of a trash movie, and then hired someone else to do a Joker movie that they went on to win an Oscar for, and you're just like, bro, <laughs> like, what did I do? And, you know, he didn't get a whole lot of screen time in Suicide Squad, so I I can't really, like, rank his Joker, really. I mean, he was definitely doing some weird shit, <laughs> like, that I wasn't accustomed to, but I think, you know, if he was given more time to play with, maybe we can get a different version, and, you know, maybe under Zack Snyder's direction it'll be a little different, who knows, but the fact that he even wanted to come back and do it just says a lot, and maybe, maybe this is a sign that we're going to be seeing more of him, but, uh, who knows, it'll be interesting, but I'm really excited to have him come back, and hopefully this fucking means he's going to share the screen with Ben Affleck's Batman, because fucking Affleck never got to share the scene, or share the screen, I should say, with the Joker, like, the only version of Batman who didn't get to share the screen with the Joker. And yeah, technically in Suicide Squad, he was on their car, but I mean, like, in the same shot, Ben Affleck, Jared Leto, Batman, Joker. And hopefully we get to see that in this movie. Um, but what I meant by two stories wrapped up into one is, that, you know, as you read the article, this, this gets interesting. Um, quoting here, Even as the shoot rolls ahead, two producers who were involved with the theatrical movie are quietly moving to the side. John Berg and Jeff Johns, then-studio executives who oversaw the movie and the reshoot by Joss Whedon that was meant to savage the failed movie, will not be receiving producer credits on the Snyder Cut. Sources close to Berg and Johns have confirmed that the duo's intention to remove their names from the Snyder Cut since they did not work on this version and are no longer studio executives. And, um... While this does say, like, oh, they want to get their names removed, I'm going to go ahead and throw out there. Warner Brothers is probably also like, mm, you know, with these Ray Fisher allegations, you guys should probably, we're, we're not going to put your fucking names in this movie. Because, you know, that that that's problematic in its own right. You know, just these accusations coming out from Ray Fisher, and then, you know, oh, let's just put their names in the movie again. Like, fuck no, <laughs> take them off for a while until at least something can be proven. But, you know, the fact that they want their names off of it anyway, I think is just them kind of avoiding a shitstorm. Cause there would have been something if we were watching the credits of the Snyder Cut and their names were on it. People would fucking not be happy about that. But uh, but yeah. So I thought that was like another kind of its own interesting story in there. I'd be curious as to what's going on there. I wonder what the conversations were there. Like I wonder if Zach himself was like, yeah, um, they did not produce my movie, like this version of the movie. If so, that'd be kind of a baller move. But um, it's still kind of unknown right now. So we'll see we'll see. But either way, I'm really excited about Jared Leto. I'm excited about Zack Snyder's Justice League. And, um, hopefully this means that we're going to be getting more of Jared Leto's Joker and, fingers crossed, more of Ben Affleck's Batman. Please, God, please, for the love of God. But, uh, but yeah, no, quick and easy show. That's about all the time I got for it right now. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hopefully soon we'll be back to videos. And, um, yeah, that's it. We'll see you next time.